We continue the conversation on the talking point. Thank you so much for those voice notes that you've been uh, sending through, reflecting on the different conversations we've been having. And yeah, I think the issue of the public service workers, um, it's a serious issue. And I just, I don't know that there are enough interventions to ensure that it's going to change um, because ultimately what situations like this result in is that people continue to sit on the information that they have because they fear they fear for their lives and we saw it at the Zondo Commission as well with a number of witnesses that gave evidence you know uh, with their identities concealed but who spoke about how they had been hounded out of um, some of the institutions where they worked, or even as whistleblowers who are outside, who have information, how how much of a high cost they had to pay for that um, in terms of even their families. And so it, it's definitely an ongoing conversation that we need to be having in this country. So one of the things that we're going to be reflecting on now, and we'll be looking at the work that is being done by different organizations in this country in terms of contributing towards the eradication of gender-based violence. Let me welcome onto the show Busa Lidwaba, who is the project director for Basadi Lobby Group. Uh, Busa, good morning to you and thanks for your time today. Good morning, sister, and um Meshke Kana is the founder of Dad in the Pictures. Mesh, good morning to you. Hello, Mesh. Good morning, Mayor, and good morning to your listeners and to your guests as well. Thank you. All right. Let me begin with you, Busa, and perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about the work that you as the Basadi Lobby Group are actually doing right now when it comes to gender-based violence. Um, Basadi Lobby Group is a advocacy and lobby group. Uh, we are based in Rustenburg, but we are working throughout the province of the Northwest. Um, what we are doing, we started as a support group for women who are abused. But as we go on, we found that we need more support groups in different areas then we felt that we should establish something bigger than a support group. Initially, started by forming support groups in all the areas where we find that there's a need. Remember, uh, Northwest, especially around the Bujanara district, is a mining area, and there are a lot of informal settlements. There are a lot of men. Men are more than women in that area. And you can imagine, these men leave their, house, their wives, their kids from the areas where they come from, they come to the informal settlement, they get girlfriends, they meet children, they leave this one, they go to another one, and some of them are going back home, and when they go home, they leave these kids and these women alone here. So we felt that we must have support groups so that we deal with those issues. And the areas are very concentrated, they're dense areas. There are a lot of people in the area whereby some of, most of the cases are not reported. And most of the women fear to go and report the cases in the police. There's bribery all the way. So that is why we started the Passage of the Cope. 
What are the kinds of cases that you are having to deal with predominantly in that area? Um, one, there's femicide in Rassenbeck. There's human trafficking. There's physical abuse of assaulting, abusing women. There are rapes. I can't say one is more prevalent than the other because they happen daily as we speak. Every day you get a call that one woman has been found dead. And when it comes to rape cases, most of them are not reported. When you talk to these women and the youth in the areas, they'll tell you that I was raped more than 10 times. Did you go and report the case? No, I go to the police station, but I hear them laughing at somebody who was reporting a rape case or who was beaten by a, a, a husband or a boyfriend. Then I went back. I couldn't report that case. The other problem is that some cases are reported, but, you know, our justice system, this is what we're talking about every day, and all these organizations are talking the same thing. They are victimizing our victims, and they decide not to go to court. Even the witnesses are being victimized. So they don't even go to court. So we've got cases that are not reported. And such cases create other cases. For instance, a girl has been raped and the police could not take the case or they are afraid to go to the police because so-and-so knows the police and they'll come and attack that person. Then one from the family will go and revenge. So it's just a circle that is going around. It's, it's a lot to, to take in, Busa. It, Busa. it really is a lot. Femicide, human trafficking, physical abuse, rape. Those are just some of the crimes that this organization is having to deal with on a day-to-day basis, and you heard they operate in the northwest, mostly from the Rustenburg area. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we continue the conversation with Mish Kekana, who's the founder of Dad in the Pictures. We'll find out about the work that they are doing. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It's 20 after 11 o'clock. We're taking a look at the work that is done by different organizations in terms of contributing to the fight against gender-based violence. Busale Duaba is the project director at Vasadi Lobby Group. Mishke Kana is the founder of Dad in the Pictures. Mish, perhaps an opportunity for you to also give us a sense of what your organization does and how it is that you've been contributing to this fight. Um, thank you, Mekesi, um, and I must say thank you to Meladov as well, all the way from Rustenbeck. Um, as, as, as a movement that was started nine years ago, we, we, we believe that the problem that we see today in gender-based violence, the problem that we see today in violence, the problem that we see today in the rapes and, and, and abduction and, and the molestation and all the transgressions that are happening to, to the women, the transgressions that are happening to, to, to the girls. You know, it, 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 it is wider. It is way wider than that. And it goes on to, to the boys who, who also grow up to be men. So the violence that, you know, is engulfing our communities is the violence that has been there, that has been brewing, 
and now we see it escalating even beyond you know you know an acceptable level there is no level of acceptance of violence now as a death in the picture movement when we started out we said we have challenges in communities challenges that are ultimately grooming and actually forming this violence violence behavior and we need to make sure that we eradicate it when it comes to us saying we we want to stand up against violence violence that is perpetuated in the majority of to our understanding by men against women we then have to look at the violence in a broader sense and that violence is we are living in communities that are violent ridden as it is we've got young boys that are being violated and, and abused we've got young girls that are being violated and abused and we focus now on the women that need to be really taking care of our families the ones that are the support of our families the ones that build our communities the ones that raised the very boys and the very men that are now we looking at as perpetrators of this violence we have to to look at it and say not only how do we pro- protect them because protecting them against us it, it, it's something that we can talk about but however we need to stop it from happening in the first place we need to get to a point where we understand that this violence is not something that just fell on us this violence is not something that just started today or started 24 years ago it's a violence with a history and as 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 Melidova was explaining i mean the gruesome situations of 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 the mining towns it, it's not just the mining towns i mean i've been to makado where it's more of the army i've been to you know the townships where it's it's, it's a war against the women that we live with the war against the, the the children that we live with so how do we stop this without actually picking up getting out of facebook and social media and actually acting as that's in the picture we have decided that we want to uproot the violence from the very upbringing of the young boy and the young girl because somebody started somewhere for them to end up hitting a woman somebody started somewhere for them to end up raping a woman somebody started somewhere for them to see a woman as somebody that is more of an object and not an equal and not a partner in life mm. so we say we are against violence in all of its forms and now as we specifically say in gender based violence we have to eradicate it from our communities men and women we have to come together because it affects me I'm a father, I've got daughters. I'm a husband, I've got a wife. And I've got a mother, I've got a grandmother. My colleagues, every part of my life has women in it, has girls in it, has boys in it, has men in it. So we all have to come together. It can't be something yeah. that we leave for tomorrow. So 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 when you are having these conversations with 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 men mesh what are the kind and and young boys what are the kind of questions that you are actually asking them and what what are the responses to those questions because ultimately we have to try and understand why this violence ta- is taking place and continues to take place 100% so the responses is generally full of a lot of excuses a lot of mm. You know, we, we have to understand that, that, that men under, are, are under pressure. A lot of we have to understand that uh, we, we need to, you know, we, we have the sense of saying we need to get things our way 
so that we can actually stop being violent. That is one of those things. But there's also a lot of pain that we've read, that we've seen underneath. You know, there's, there's research that has shown that, you know, people that have been bullied, they grow up to be bullies. So now we're saying to them, you need to identify that you were, you were bullied and you, you need to deal with that bullying. And by dealing with it, it means actively dealing with it, actively speaking about it, actively going for counseling, actively getting a, a, a source of sort of a support system. Yes, some of them we know that there were boys that were molested when they were young. There were boys that were exposed to violence in the communities. I mean, just now, if you are to go to, to a township, you'll find that the boys are sitting in a corner somewhere, you know, you know, having whatever time that they have. But most importantly, when a young girl walks past, there will be comments. When a, when, even older women, when they pass these boys and they are perceived to be dressed in a certain way or perceived to be beautiful or perceived to, to, you know, to, to, to invoke a certain sense of, you know, I, I, I can say something about them. They, they are free to say that and they don't have anybody to hold them accountable. There are no punishments. There are no calling them out. There are no, you know, making sure that we direct them in the right direction. So they grow up with this understanding. So a lot of it is socialization, one. A lot of it, it's choices. You know, the choices that are misguided. I don't know, I don't want to say uh, social media is misguiding people. I don't want to say uh, television stories and soapies are misguiding people, but I'm saying the choices that are making, they are making from the wrong place. And we need to advise it and influence it. And yes, ultimately we need to punish mm. where there needs to be punishment. Rape is rape, it needs to be punished. Okay. Let me go to the lines. Makosonke, you're calling us from Jabulani. Makosonke, good morning to you. Good morning, Oskethi, and, and your guest there. Mm. Hello? Yes, Makosonke, I can hear you loud and clear. Go for it. Okay, yes. Oskethi, I just want to say that, um, look, we do. It, it is appreciated the effort that is that is um, that we see taking place. You know, it, it, it is necessary, I must say, you know. However, Oskethi, um, I find that health, intellectual process leadership, which inspire emotional self-control of those who are committing GBV or our community at large uh, to manifest the willpower to, that culminates with desired outcome, it is actually, it is actually lacking, you know, because mm. I personally I used to be abusive, you know. And, and, and I think by today I should, I, should, I should be in prison. But the fact that I went out of my way to make sure what I'm saying right now, it is in place so that I am empowered to be a man that I desire to be and the man that my, my parents raised me to be, you know. So unfortunately, if that one is not in place, Oskethi, we are actually it's like we're laboring in vain, basically. So, yes, mm. that's all I just wanted to contribute. So, and I so, really so, appreciate so, the so, effort. So, 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 so Makosonke, are you saying that ultimately we also need individuals to invest in themselves and invest in their, in their personal growth? I'm actually saying, Oskethi, that mm. um, when anything that you do, you need to consider that there is an intellectual process of a human being. Mm. So that needs to be healthy. If that is not healthy, whatever you, effort you are putting in, in, in whatever you're trying to do, it's actually, you are actually laboring in vain because no matter how good it is, whatever you're trying to do, it's actually you're not having a person who's healthy 
um, who's got a thought process that is healthy to be able to, 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 to produce the results that you're trying to achieve. And yes, individually, we need to uh, invest in ourselves. And collectively as well, we need to make sure that intellectual, our intellectual process is healthy. Thank okay. you. All right. Makosonke out in Jalilani. I'll continue to take more calls and also give our guests an opportunity to uh, reflect on what the callers are saying. It's 11.30. Nomsam Luli is standing by with a look at your headlines. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're reflecting on the different work that is being done by organizations, specifically focusing at on rather the Basadi Lobby Group. Busali Dwaba is the project director there. And also the Dad in Pictures organization, the founder, Mish Kekana, joining us on the line. Um, Busa, I, I don't know if you want to just reflect on what Marco Songe was saying in terms of his own journey and experience. He says, I should have been in jail. I, I am a former abuser, but that did not happen to me. But I've been able to grow and work on myself and, you know, have understood why what I was doing was wrong. Yes, Kepi, and I really, really appreciate what he did. You know, for us to solve a problem, the perpetrator must have been a problem. But if they don't have to a problem. Busa, I'm not sure saying that he why. acknowledged that he was wrong mm-hmm. and he worked on the wrong things that he did. And he is the man who he is now. We've got a problem that when you talk to most abusers, they defend themselves. You will never get to an end where they say, okay, this was a mistake and how can we do it? How can we solve it? They always defend and they defend others. You know, men, some men have got this entitlement to the bodies of women. They feel that our bodies belong to them and they can do as they please with it. And you'll get excuses that say, Young, the, the abusers were young boys who were exposed to to abuse, who were abused when they were young, and that is why they grew up to be abusers. Girls are also abused. Why don't they grow up and become abusers? They are also abused. They are abused more than men, starting from inside the family, starting from the work that we do as young girls while boys are playing football. They, the very same boys, they abuse the girls in their homes. But the girls don't turn out to be abusers. What makes them to be abusers? The absence of the fathers who are supposed to teach their boy children how a man should grow up is the one that is causing most of these problems. Mm-hmm. And even if some fathers are there, but they are there in bodies, but they never guide their children, they never get involved into their children's lives. And if, when you talk as a mother, say, you know your son did this, no, it's your son. Mm-hmm. They don't teach, their, they are not exemplary at all. Our boy children need role models who they can look up to and change the scenario. Mm-hmm. We've got... We are trying all these NGOs, whether are men or women. or But the problem here is that the reason why you find that women are working alone but talking about abusers who are men is because when you talk to them and work with them, they become defensive. They don't come to the party. 
to try and solve the problem. They become defensive. And they start passing remarks on you. As Masosoke was saying, they'll pass remarks on you, but who's this one? You're her. I didn't mean to. She thinks she's better than all other women. Mm, mm. Sure. They'll never yeah. sit down with you and say, how can we help? And, and, it, and it, it, it something comes that our government issue. is doing now of lately. Yeah, yeah. Women's organization has been there that are dealing with gender-based violence. Men have started organizations now. They fund men's organizations, not funding women's organizations most of the time, if you can look at it. So that means abuse like poverty has got the face of a woman. So whatever that is bad, that is happening in this woman, as long as the man talks about it, the man who is a perpetrator talks about it, they take it serious. But you are the woman. These things are happening to you. You are talking about them. And the president will call a gender-based violence summit and say, no, we will. Um, gender-based summit, gender-based violence and femicide will start to be determined as a crisis for this country. I'm still waiting for the day. That was 2018. Okay. Let me let me continue quickly with uh, Kennedy, who's calling us from Kabeha. And Mish, I'll give you an opportunity to uh, respond to the callers as well. Kennedy? Hello, cousin. Yes. Yeah. You see, um, on the issue of uh, gender-based violence, it's a it's one thing that's been going on for a long time, and every time people are trying to address it, and uh, it gets worse by the day. Men continue killing women. Men continue beating women. Men continue abusing women. Now, what the country and everybody else is trying to do, the whole world is trying to do, what society is trying to do, society is trying to address the consequences, the result of whatever difference people might yeah. have in their relationships, um, which result into whoever is in a more powerful position or stronger position, abusing uh, the weaker partner. Now, those are the results. And at the end of the day, we see if a stronger man abuses a woman, it's a result of the differences and the lack of morality that's going on in a relationship. Now, it would be wise and, 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 and better to actually address the moral part of it. Men should have morals to know that you cannot beat a woman, you cannot kill a woman. And women also should equally be equipped with morals to be able to do what is right in a relationship. Because when anyone is angry, they can do anything. Therefore, somebody who's morally equipped, somebody who's morally upright, will not do the things that we see going on in society. So it's important that society comes back and teaches the importance of morals in each one of us, both men and women. Because where there's no morals, whoever is stronger than the other will use that power to abuse the weaker person. Okay. All right, Kennedy. So the, yeah. So the most, the most important part of it is actually the moralic part of it. Do we have enough morals to know that this is not right or this can be done? If a man has been offended by a woman, he's going to do whatever that he can do to express his anger and do whatever he can. And that's the problem that society is addressing. It. Society is taking care of the result. But the moral part of it, everybody is ignorant of it. Okay. The more we want to teach our children, our young girls, morals, and our young men morals, we won't see this. But no one is teaching somebody to behave right in society. No one is teaching our young girls to, to, to respect themselves, to act like decent people. No one is teaching our young men to respect themselves, to act like decent men, and have the moral fiber to take care of we, our young ladies. Okay. We're not teaching that. All right, Kennedy, thanks for that call. Kennedy is out in Kabeha. Uh, Sabelo in Durban, let me wrap up the call list with you. Good morning, Sabelo.
Thank you very much, Tessie. How are you? I'm well, thank you. <laughs> Go um, for I'm it. I'm uh, I, I think uh, as South Africans, we are killing uh, flames instead of killing the fire. The uh, human rights is not balanced on this issue. Women are killed, women are being raped, and we'll talk until we become blue. What we need to do in South Africa, we need to take action, strong action, like what Botswana does. Uh, if if, if we, 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 we do not take necessary step with this thing, we, we won't be able to, to overcome it. Only one thing that it must be brought back is it's, it's a, a death sentence. Sabelo, what about, what about the fact that the evidence doesn't necessarily show that tougher action in the form of criminal punishment results in a reduction in such incidents? I'm telling you it will because when you look at Botswana, they don't do. When you enter Botswana, you change the attitude of South Africa and then you know what is going to happen. Like, for instance, if you are if you are drinking and driving in Botswana, you'll get what 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 you you wanted to get. If you if you uh, kill a person, you know where are you going to go. Mm. Unless we do that, Kate, I'm telling you, mm. we will live with this thing for the rest of our our lives here. Uh, 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 the next generation will be talking about this. It's okay. not going to help. A lot has been done to try and educate, to try and uh, 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 educate people not to do this, especially the men. Mm. But if we carry on like this, we are not going to succeed. Thank you very much. All right. Much. All right, Sabelo. Thanks for those reflections. Okay. I'm going to take one uh, last break and then I'll give Mish an opportunity to weigh in on the conversation before we move on to uh, the MMC for finance in the city of Joburg talking about the debt rehabilitation program. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. You're live on The Talking Point. I'm continuing to take your messages and calls on 011-714-2006. That's the phone line on the WhatsApp line on 0614-104-107 and on Twitter at SFM Radio. The hashtag there, SFM Talking Point. Mish Kekana, you're the founder of Dad in Pictures. Let me give you an opportunity to respond to not just what um, Cecily Dwaba was saying, but on the, uh, the different callers and their views in terms of what we are not getting right. Thanks, Meketi. And I, I believe that, you know, we, we, you know, just to sum up some of the points that I picked up, is that, yes, we agree that um, we need a multi-generational solution. And that speaks to what Melidor was saying about the absent fathers. So the absent fathers that happened two generations ago through the systems of migrant labor and like now going to the mines and all of that has given birth to the lack of morals that the other uh, caller was, was speaking about that we see today. So, however, we once we understand that the absent father syndrome is not new, it's not this generation, not even the, 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 the previous generation, it's, it's a 
intergenerational thing. Some of us, me personally, I was raised with a father figure in my grandfather and my uncles in the absence of my father. So that can be that, that can be rectified. And as that's in the picture, we're saying that it, at the end of the day, the best parent is both parents. And when we take the father out of that picture, certain things are going to go wrong. We're not saying because you didn't have a father, you are going to be a bad person. No, we're saying it would be even better if you had a father next to you because then you'll have two sets of values, two sets of morals, two sets of principles that has come together that loves you and influences you positively. While we are at that, one of the callers mentioned about us uh, dousing the fires away. Now we're talking symptoms versus problems. As a movement, we say we want to root out the problems. We want to root out the causes of the problems rather than wait for a rape to happen and then we go and on social media and we run about it. I mean, a young lady was killed previously, I think it was in, in the Eastern Cape just about a week ago, and we were all up in arms. But I always say to my friends that it takes us seven days. After seven days, we have moved on to the next topic. So we need to be having these discussions in our circles, in our pockets. Last week, we had a, an issue about teenage pregnancy that rocked the whole country. It took three days before the next best thing came in. We cannot afford that. We need to have a consistent throughout conversation. We need to make sure that every young boy out there knows that they have a responsibility. You know, it is, it is that nature in them that should guide them to say this is wrong. However, in the absence of that nature guiding them, we run the programs as that's in the picture, both online and physically, to say let's get together as men, bring in the children. We're not going to meet as men to have a men's weekend out. When we go camping, we bring the children because we are there about these children. Mm. And when we're there, we're not saying you're going to be a better parent when you come back from camping with us. But we're saying because of influence that you had over the weekend, because you saw me and my daughter interact, you saw me, I mean, we've had children as little as seven months in our camps where the dad brings in the nappies. And we are all daddies to all the children, and we share the, 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 the experiences. Thus, this is actually making sure that that moral fiber mm. in the communities is rewired. And believe you me, these children are daughters and sons. It's not about the sons. It's not about the daughters. One of the callers mentioned that, you know, the, 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 the women must have morals as well. It's not about women having morals or boys having, men having morals. Everybody must have morals. Everybody has got value. Everybody has to go through a thorough introspection. When you do something that's wrong, besides your nature telling you it's wrong, you have the law that tells you it's wrong. So go seek that understanding. But it, it comes back to the absence of the proper proper structures that are in home, at home, proper structures in our communities. Mm. Me personally saying, I am well enough. I think one of the first callers spoke about wellness. Being well enough to can see this is wrong. This is not, you know, the influence in the street, I always tell other fellow dads that the influence in the street is so much. If it finds you that you don't have the right principles from home, it will take mm. you. All right. Mish? 
We're going to have to leave it there for this morning. Mishke Kana is the founder of Dad in the Picture and Busa Lidwaba Project Director for the Vasadi Lobby Group. We've run out of time uh, for that interview. Certainly wish that there was a lot more that we had the opportunity to get to. After this, we're in conversation with the MMC for Finance in the city of Johannesburg.